You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rock says tonight, the only two things that you two candy asses should concern yourself with is this. It's your roll, know it. Your mouth, shut it. And if you do that, then The Rock, the great one, Darren Dam Tease, you will smell what The Rock is cooking. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. talking starts sits gonna hit you guys with a little bit of news we have robbie how did, how did your week one go man fantasy wise it went pretty well um i think a lot of things happened that we we expected there's always those things that you're not quite sure on and, and you get a little curveball left and right but you know i have a lot of chris carson i have a lot of z um those exposures were really good uh Mixon didn't do quite as well but i think a lot of the guys that i have multiple shares of did really well went uh nine and five throughout the leagues and two of those are dynasties where i'm just absolutely in rebuild mode so i don't like to count those as losses you know i'll go nine and three uh will be my official record uh how'd you do i did pretty well i think i only lost one matchup i believe out of i don't know i can't even remember how many leagues i'm in it's i dropped i dropped three or four leagues this year and it's it's still a handful man it's it's still a lot to like Tuesday rolled around yesterday. I was like nodding off, trying to put in waiver claims, and I right. missed one completely. So it's, that's that's always fun whenever the the waiver email rolls in and you look at the league and you're like, oh, could have got that guy, could have got really? that guy. How <laughs> yeah. could I miss out on Miles Gaskin? Oh my gosh, that was everyone's question this week, right? Right, FOMO. Yeah, I mean it was it was good. Uh, did well with props, so that was uh, that was exciting. The nice thing I don't know what it was about this week uh, about this week one, but like I wasn't sweating my fantasy scores. Like normally I'm there, like checking all my leagues, checking everything, like looking, like oh man, who has this guy? Who has that guy? And I'm I'm in as many leagues as I was last year, 
but I was just like not super concerned with it. I don't know what it was, but it was it was really nice just to like sit there and enjoy the games and not be like, huh, oh, another catch for Julio. Oh my god. Right. Chris Carson, another touchdown. So it was uh, it was good, man. It was just nice to have everything back. It was nice to be back into the swing of things with with football and all that. So enough of the uh the pleasantries. Let's just jump right into it. Let's uh hit you guys with a couple news and notes before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. Not too too much going on right now outside of the outside of the obvious. Um, Mohamed Sanu signed with the 49ers. So with Debo already on the IR, this kind of they were thin to begin with, right? So like adding somebody like Mohamed Sanu isn't like super surprising, but I do think that leads to a couple more questions maybe about Ayuk than what we what we thought we had. So and obviously Sanu is familiar with Shanahan, so it'll be interesting to see how he has utilized you know his his first week with. Uh, with the team. Uh, Michael Thomas ex- is expected to miss several weeks with his high ankle sprain. They kind of found out that was uh, a little more, it was, it was a little worse than originally thought. So I would not, especially with him going on Monday night, I would have some backup plans for him. I would not be looking to start him obviously outside, <clears throat> outside of him. There were a ton of like DMPs and limiteds today, but we're not going to get into those because it's, it's a little too early in the week. We don't want to start talking about all these guys that are listed as, you know, like I said, did not practice or limited. I mean, you're talking about like Julio Crowder, Crowder, Kittle, Juju, Galladay, a bunch of super fantasy relevant guys. But the one thing that is noteworthy is Miles Sanders practiced in full today without any limitations. So if you drafted him at the, you know, mid to end first, early second, and you were without him week one, it looks like you're going to have him week two. And then just some uh, some defensive news. A.J. Boye, corner for the Broncos, and Richard Sherman, corner for the 49ers. Both were placed on IR but designated to return. So they're going to miss at least three weeks. So whenever you're setting your lineups with those guys and going against those defenses, that's something to take into consideration. So, Robbie, with week one, do you have any any big takeaways from, from the first week? Because for me, it was more or less just not to overreact because everyone, like, there wasn't a game that I that I saw that I was like, oh, wow, they're really crushing it the entire game. They look really good. I thought everyone basically, like, looked rusty. There were, there were some flashes. There were some high moments. But all in all, it was like it was like that first preseason game, more or less, right? So what are you taking away from week one? Yeah, I think just like you said, a lot of these games, you know, weren't too surprising. I think the most surprising one maybe was Jacksonville kind of doing a little number on the Colts there at the end. Um, coming back, we thought that was going to be an absolute blow up. But I think my main takeaway was we always talk about coach speak and, you know, this coach says this is our guy or, or we're going to run this scheme or we're in a running back committee. And we always kind of don't believe it anymore. We've been lied to so many times that we just it, it doesn't even affect us. Well, I feel like for once it actually came true, like Basically, any any story that came out about a coach talking about a running back room, I think it kind of went how they said. Kind of starting off with Sean McVay, I think is one of the, the bigger ones we were trying to dissect. You know, how's that running back room going to start out? And he said they were going to run running back by committee, and by God, they did week one. Uh, Malcolm Brown had 60% of the snaps. Akers had 33%. Then Darrell Henderson mixing in at the very end with 7%. And the touches were basically split between those first two guys as well. And then Washington did the exact same thing. They had a running back uh, committee with McKissick, Barber, and then, oh, Gibson, the guy we've been hyping, you know, for the last three weeks. 
he only gets 11 touches, 26% of the snaps. So I think for, for people who are really high on these rookies, and I was one um, to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on rookies where it kind of burned me uh, with some individuals. But I think uh, in all, in all uh, as you, you maybe know with Brian Edwards and some of these other guys that people are pumping up, I think it, it'll take some time with some of these rookies. But yeah, I think just the coach speak, you know, Bruce Arians saying Rojo's our guy. He got 17 touch, uh, seventeen touches. And not Naeem Hines, I mean, remember, remember when uh, Frank Reich talks about 10 catches a game for Naeem Hines, and we're like, how? How is he going to do that when he's the third string running back? Well, he goes out and gets eight receptions, eight targets. So, yeah, I think coaches for once told us what was going to happen, and, and for the most part, it did happen. And I weep. I weep. CJ Lang, TFA Zone, dropping a comment in the chat right now. Just says, welcome, Dad. Kev, what uh, what's do you know anything about that? What's that? What's that about? Dad times two, two now. Two times. Yeah, we just uh, we just had a baby. Uh, I was there for support. You know, I didn't. <laughs> you know, I held the leg a few times, stuff like that. But yeah, I just had a baby girl named Aria. Uh, happened. She was born last night at eight fifty eight p.m. Eight pounds nine ounces. Uh, yeah, this is how dedicated I am to the show. That uh, I here I am doing a podcast the night after a baby's born, but uh, you know. The show must go on. Either dedication, or you just didn't trust me and Robbie to uh, to run the show. E- either, either way. Yep. Either way. Yep. Hey, I was trying to be nice about it. You guys took it that direction. I mean, hey, you can <laughs> fill in the blanks however you want. Glad, uh, glad everyone's doing well, man. Happy for for you and your family. And like I said at the beginning of the show, a a true addition to the to the TFA fam. So, guys, let's just uh, let's just jump right into it. We're gonna start off with our quarterback starts and sits of the week. Again, we're gonna try and give you some guys who are you know not. not the obvious ones we don't have to tell you to start Patrick Mahomes we don't have to tell you to you know sit whoever is ranked 30 you know we don't have to tell you to sit Tyrod Taylor Robbie that one that one was uh that was for you so uh Kev let's give you the floor man why don't you uh hit us with one of your favorite starts this week I could go a couple different directions here but I'll start with Joe Burrow I mean Joe Burrow looked really good uh in his uh opener um almost brought them back on the game time on a game time or to take the lead at the end of the game and I think there's a lot to like there with Joe Burrow I think confirmed with what what a lot of people thought about him um that's why he was the number one overall pick but they have a lot of weapons they had AJ Green who actually looked pretty good uh for the most part and his uh had that touchdown that got called back or that they called a, a what was it a offensive pass interference which i thought was uh pretty ticky tack in my opinion that should have uh put them ahead uh against the chargers which is one of the better defenses in all of football too as well and then they got this week they play thursday night against cleveland and cleveland's defense and their secondary uh, most notably is absolutely hot garbage they are missing greedy williams who did not practice they, they're missing uh kevin johnson as well he, did, he has not practiced this week they're uh i believe uh their starting corners received a coverage grade of 40 per pff this past weekend there's a lot to like with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow shows some of his wheels. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I think he's a borderline QB1 this week, and I would be starting him everywhere if I had him. Yeah, that uh, that little two-minute drill that he put together there at the end was uh, was was pretty impressive. So, Robbie, let, let, we're going to bounce this off here because you actually have him as a sit. So I want to hear the the other side of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as good as Joe Burrow looked in that last drive, I think he kind of had the Mitch Trubisky game where he looked kind of rough early um, again, it was a good defense, like Kev said. Um, they were able to bring a lot of pressure. He had a pretty bad interception, and he had a pitch that actually got attributed to Mixon as the fumble, which I thought was really weird um, on that play. But you know, he had a he had an up and down game, um, and then he has a quick turnaround t- to face uh, the Browns on Thursday, which I think is never good, especially for a rookie. You don't quite get as much time to prepare. Um, 
kept, kept talking about the secondary, but I think he left out their uh, edge rushers in uh, Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon, which are obviously really, really good pass rushers. And I think that's what um, kind of held the Bengals offense back um, against the Chargers was Joey Bosa um, kind of getting getting to the quarterback and getting pressure there. So I think that's something that it, those, those Thursday night games always kind of give me these like low scoring vibes. And, and, and if we just remember back, I, I remember Miles Garrett just having this uh, a game against uh, Mason Rudolph that just uh, tore the wo- world apart here uh, with what happened there. And I, I just, I don't know. I just get this Thursday night, low scoring, brutal QB attack game um, vibes there. So yeah, Burrow is not a, QB one for me. He's actually down at like QB 20 um, in my rankings right now. Um, and I, I do not have him as a start. I disagree. <laughs> just <laughs> listen, listen, like this, this Browns defense is, is bad. Like, uh, or, or at least uh, their secondary is really bad. They're banged up. Yes. They have good edge rushers. Uh, we could say the same thing about the Chargers as well with Joey Bosa and such. For me, I, I just think that this Browns defense is so bad. I think this game has the, has the ability to shoot out, especially on a short week. The Browns offense looked horrific last week as well. Uh, going against the Ravens. Now there's a big difference between facing the, you know, the Bengals defense versus the Ravens who have the best secondary in all football. So I just think this game has a, a sneaky shootout potential. And I think that Joe Burrow going against that secondary, you know, now getting, because you have to remember as well, I mean, there, there was no preseason. This is the first live action. So considering this is the first time that he's faced another NFL defense, I mean, that, that's pretty impressive to face the Chargers. And like I said, uh, he was fourth in rushing last week. He had eight carries for 46 yards. The His eight, his eight attempts were also fourth. And he also had a rushing touchdown. So if you're also going to give me that that uh, Konami code um, ability with Joe Burrow, like that's what raises his floor. You can get that extra points that, that can make up that extra four to six points uh, for most weeks. So that's why I said I really like Joe Burrow. He wasn't great in the passing numbers. He did complete 30 or a 23 of 36, which is obviously not that great for 193 yards, no passing touchdowns, but uh, they did get robbed on the AJ Green one. But I think this is a, um, a much worse defense in the Chargers. So that is just why, um, or in the Browns, excuse me, that, that's why I think Joe Burrow is an easy play. For those uh, listening and, and watching, make sure you mark off Konami code on our bingo squares for for Kev, he has now uh, said the uh, bingo square of Konami code. Uh, yeah, I think I think the upside of, of Burrow is is that rushing ability. Um, but th- this game has a forty three and a half over under. Uh, if you're if you're asking me which of these games are going to be a shootout for Week Two, Thursday night Bengals Browns is not one I'm picking. But we have said enough on this, Cody. What else we got? Let's just move on to the next one. Let's just move on to the next one. Let's go, because our our next one, Carson Wentz is a start. You have him as a sit. I understand why you have him as a sit, because you could say, well, the offensive line was terrible, and they got uh, abused, and, you know, the Washington – which do, which do have a pretty solid uh, office or defensive line in their, in their own right. We knew that even heading into this year. Not That was even before they added Chase Young. Chase Young absolutely balled out. Uh, what do you have? One and a half sacks and uh, had one of the key plays in the game at the end of the game. For me, one, this Eagles de- uh, offensive line is going to get better. Lane Johnson is back. He's practicing in full this week along with Miles Sanders. So that should obviously help. But this game against the gets the Rams. I guess I get it. They have a strong front themselves, but their secondary outside of Jalen Ramsey is not very good either. And 
Like, like I think I feel like that this is a nice bounce back game for Carson Wentz. Listen, a lot of teams did not look very good last week. Most of the games I watched, like, I wasn't overly impressed by most teams that I watched. There was a lot of sloppy play. You could tell that there was no preseason. That the everything was even like the Chiefs who went out and scored like thirty one points uh, on Thursday night. There was plenty of of uh, mistakes that were made. Offenses didn't really look like they were in sync. And so I am not overly high or overly low on what we saw from a lot of these teams with how things went because I think that I think it's too early to tell like I think it's going to take two or three games for these teams to start to really get in sync where they really start to look like they should with everything said with Carson Wentz I still think he, he is a borderline star I think I have him at QB 12 this week he's, he's a borderline QB 1 for me they still have the weapons I think Jalen Rager played really well Dallas Goddard balled out uh, who knows maybe he has already taken over Zach Ertz I don't know but I'm not overly scared and I think again this game really has the upside to, to hit that over um, in this game uh the two two high-powered offenses and i think that this is a game that i that i would want to target and and you know i'm not sitting carson wentz for a lot of for most guys that are probably available anyways on your on your waiver wire and again this feels like a really bounce back game for carson wentz yeah i don't think we're too far off i have him at at qb 15 which is just why he's a sit for me he's just outside my my top 12 so we're not too far off like the guys i have above him we can just do a little name game and you guys can tell me like who you would rather have out of them would you guys rather have jared goff against that philly defense or carson wentz going against the Rams defense. I would rather Wentz, Wentz. But it, Wentz. it's close. It close. is close. So I've I've got right ahead of them. Um, the next one is Matthew Stafford at Green Bay. Uh sit. So you you'd go uh, Wentz over over yes. Stafford. Yeah. Okay. I have I I think I have Stafford like QB 18. And then the last one is Aaron Rodgers. So those are my 12, 13, 14 that I just like those QBs a little bit better than the ones. I think the problem is is that pressure with Aaron Donald that defensive line. Um, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, the Dallas offense, you know, we, even with the loss of one Blake Jarwin, who I've been hyping all offseason, um, they're going to be one of the more potent offenses. And the Rams did a pretty damn good job of shutting down that passing game. Now, they got yards on the ground with Zeke. He obviously tore it up. But they limited Dak. I don't think he had a pass of over 20 yards. Maybe should have had one at the end with that pass to Gallup. Uh, Definitely should have had one at the end. 100% right, right. should have. That was the most garbage call. I don't know. I just, that, that was there terrible. It is. I love I love uh, a non cowboy jumping in there for us. Um, yeah, but other than that, they they kind of had everything stay in front of them. So I think they can do the same thing. Which I don't think Philly's weapons are nearly as good as Dallas's. Dallas's Rager is is going into week two. He had one catch last game. Deshaun Jackson, they're limiting him. Obviously, Ertz, Ertz and Goddard are kind of their stars. I think so. If, if you're telling me that that they couldn't get it or the Dallas offense couldn't get much going against that Rams defense, I think the same thing will happen um, here against the Eagles. So I'm just having. Wentz as a, as a sit for me. Robert, you've hit us with two of your sits. Who are you starting this week? Who do you like? Um, I am starting. Well, I talked about Jared Goff uh, just quickly. Um, that D-line for um, Philly has some injuries. Brandon Graham uh, had a concussion. He didn't play uh, last week. He's still in the concussion protocol. And then Javon, Javon Hargrave uh, also has a hamstring pectoral strain so those are two guys that you know if you're not going to pressure Goff which is the number one way you shut him down then I think he can have a field day against you and we didn't see him have a big game against the Cowboys but I think this is one of those um, you, you don't chase the points and you don't fade away from from a, a, a bad week every once in a while so this is where I think Goff has the the touchdown to cup I think he gets uh, his tight ends involved and obviously we saw Robert Woods ball out so the Rams threw 600 times last year. I don't think that formula has changed completely. And so a down week one, I think he bounces back week two against a much easier matchup against that Philly secondary. And then the other start is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I'm going to stream any quarterback who plays the New York Jets. 
terrible offense, terrible passing defense. I mean, they let Josh Allen complete 71% of his passes. Like, just take that in for a second. Like, this guy's completing 59% of his passes uh, last year. Like, he, he completed 71% of his passes. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is a good improvement for that team, but he threw for over 300 yards. Um, so, so Jimmy, I think he just needs to get a couple touchdowns. Now, if Kittle is out, obviously I'll change that, but I think the resting Kittle, he will play. Um, so, yeah, I have him just as a fringe quarterback, a fringe QB1 with the potential upside um, against just a great matchup. We got a uh, we got a timely question here from Spartan22 in the YouTube chat joining us. Wilson versus the Pats or Bridgewater versus the Bucks. Who are you guys starting? Yeah, I can't I can't sit Wilson personally. That, that's a that's a quarterback you draft early and, and you start you start your studs. Um, Patriots aren't the defense that they were last year. If this is last year's defense, maybe we're having a conversation. But I'm starting Wilson. Was that a personal attack against me? <laughs> I just put out a tweet about that last week. I just put a tweet out about saying this. The, the, this man the just had a baby of starter studs. Okay, we know. Can you explain to me what starter studs mean? What does that mean? That means guys that you draft early that have the uh, top six value. Um, in your drafts, that those are the guys you, you draft early and that have have the ability but to start you, week in week out. But I know, but 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 the, there's certainly times that you could sit those guys. Like the, they, Russell Wilson against the Patriots, which is one of the better defenses in the league, is certainly you could entertain the fact of sitting him, depending on who you have as the other option. Is is Teddy Bridgewater is that guy? Mahomes your other option? No, like, no. He's he's a top six quarterback in, in all of our rankings. Like he won't be outside of what top top eight. Like you're starting, name one name one defense where you, where you will have Russell Wilson outside of your top twelve quarterbacks. You won't have him there ever. Russell Wilson's not the best analogy in this argument, but <laughs> but, but I'm talking about like if but but people say starter studs all the time, and it's just it doesn't really have much meaning behind it because outside of like four or five maybe six running backs, probably five or six quarterbacks, and three or four tight ends, and I don't know seven or eight wide receivers, maybe ten wide receivers. That 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 narrative doesn't stand because there's certain like like there's certainly guys like Josh Jacobs for example is a really good guy that you could actually consider or even think in the back of your head about not playing. Because they're playing the Saints, and the Saints' run defense is so good, so so, so there, there's certainly opportunities where that could be. Or Melvin Gordon is another really good one, which we're I guess we're about to get into running backs, who's actually somebody that I would pro- I would 100% sit this week if you had another guy to take his spot, who's a guy you probably drafted in your top four, top three or four rounds of your draft. So there's certainly times that whatever you say, starter studs, that you should actually want to sit those guys. So I, I just always feel like when you say it, when people say starter studs, I think it's lazy in terms of analysis because there are certainly weeks where where you'd want to do that. Now yeah. is it if it's Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson? Jackson, sure, you're starting him every week. I don't care about the matchup because those guys are matchup proof. And there's other guys, and I know that, that that Cody actually nice segue that he has a guy that most people would be shocked to, to actually think about sitting. And who is that guy, Cody? I would actually think about sitting Deshaun Watson this week, just because that. I mean, it was week one, Kev. I talked about it before. You were talking about how everyone kind of looked like that they were rusty. There weren't too many teams that, you know, really wowed you or anything like that. But with I, I just don't know what this offense is going to be. Brandon Cooks was still limited today with that quad injury. He only played 37% of the snaps. The only thing that was working for them last week was Will Fuller. If you have him, you're firing him up, absolutely. But going up against this Baltimore defense that is that you know that is a, a step above the Kansas City defense, he's someone who I would who I would be debating streaming, who like Robbie was talking about, you probably drafted Deshaun Watson, your top four or five rounds. But he's someone who 
just with the way this offense is set up. I mean, they, they were playing from behind from what the, the second half on, at least I know they jumped out to that early lead. I can't remember how quickly they started to trail after that. Um, but I mean, Kenny stills was, I mean, he's on a milk carton at uh, Robbie, your boy, uh, Akins. He, he showed up a little bit, but I mean, I'm, I would think about sitting uh, David Johnson as well. So D- Deshaun Watson is just somebody who, if I have him, I might look to stream somebody if if you're if you're able to do that. Somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff. If, you know, I mean, he's still only owned and like this was pre waiver run, but it was like 45, 42 percent of leagues he was rostered in on ESPN. So those those are some guys who I would I would think long and hard about sitting Deshaun Watson and streaming somebody else this week. Yeah, real quick, because I know we got to get to some of these questions, but I guess the, the point is there's a certain elite level where I think that even the upside, let's let's say there's a tough matchup for Deshaun Watson this week against the Ravens. What's the upside for for a, a Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff who have no rushing uh, upside? They can get three touchdowns probably in 300 yards, I think, and that's best-case scenario potentially. Like if we went back to Jimmy Garoppolo's last year, the times that he threw 300 yards and three touchdowns. I don't know if that happened at all last year. So I guess that's what I'm saying. Even in these good streaming matchups, there's nobody probably that has that upside, even in a tough matchup where I, I'd consider benching um, one of these studs. That you, When you get to a certain level, you talk about Melvin Gordon, um, I think you can you can have a, a level where they're no longer a stud. It's a iffy guy. So that's that's all I'm saying, that we got plenty of uh, questions to get to. Uh, speaking of Deshaun Watson, too, um... Obviously, short sample side, but they played him last year, and he scored four fantasy points against the Ravens. Not good. That was with that was that was with DeAndre Hopkins. He <laughs> threw for 169 yards, Heard of him. one interception, 12 rushing yards, four fantasy. And if there's any team that's equipped to shut someone's rushing ability down, it would be the Ravens against against Watson. So yes. we got to we got to we got to get a move on here. Already half hour in, and we uh, we still have three more positions to go. But RD is rocking with us in the YouTube chat. He wants to know. Hines, Keenan, or Slayton and standard. Kev, what do you think? It's Slayton for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just think if, if you're talking standard, Keenan Allen normally is, is a PPR machine. This year it's a little bit different, but so that kind of throws out Keenan Allen for me. And then Hines is, is really interesting, but Slayton just showed that what his upside is. Um, and if you're getting, you know, six for a, a, a buck, a buck 10 or a buck 20, whatever you got last week. That's that upside there in a standard league. I'm taking it. Agree. That is a that is a sweep for Slayton, and then uh, Richard Thompson. Thompson is one of one of my boys from home. He wants to know Watkins versus the Chargers or Shepard versus the Bears. I can't answer this question because I am one thousand percent biased. So Kev, Robbie, who you guys starting between Watkins or Shepard? Oh man, you have to start one. Um, I think Watkins really tricked us last year, but I'm I'm almost buying back into that. Um, the Chargers do have a, a a good defense, even without Derwin James. Man, I can't start Shepard against the Bears. That's just that's that's not a guy I'm looking to start. I will go Watkins, but I don't love it. Is Keelan Cole available? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, take some victory laps. We need to take a, a minute of victory laps for that. I know. I I'd I love some Keenan Cole over the offseason. And no, you know what no. happened? Co- Cody just laughed. Cody just 
No, no, no I Keenan laughed. Allen. Cody week Niner. one. Week one comes in and just drops the hammer. Oh, Five for I 45 and a touchdown. It's Shepard. It's definitely Shepard on, on this. So I'm not afraid. Of that the Bears, the, the Bears secondary is not very good. I'm not really all that worried about it, it especially if Golden Tate's out. If Golden Tate plays, then it's a little bit different because then they kind of cannibalize each other. But for me, I think it's Shepard. I think he still had what? Six targets, something like that. I, mean, I know he had six, six receptions. I think he yeah. had seven targets for only forty-seven yards or something. That's the, that's yeah, an the issue. Well, I mean, the Steelers' defense is remarkably better, but their secondary is way, uh, much better than the Bears, and and so that that factors it for me. So yes, yep. it, it, it would be Shepard. I think Shepard is a solid, is a decent flex play this week against the Bears' defense. You guys I mean, we just, to forgive we just, him. I mean, he, had a, we just, he had a second kid. He hasn't had time to research, so forgive him. Research. I'm just nailing it. I'm just hitting home runs here. You don't start Sammy Watkins. I listen. I like with Sammy Watkins being underdrafted this year, probably. But if Sammy Watkins is a week to week guy, it, like he, you're never going to be able to predict what when, when these weeks happen, right? Like yep. this is this is the Chargers. This is Tyreek Hill week. All right, the Tyreek Hill smashes the Chargers every single year, and the, this is a, a Tyreek Hill week. So anytime it's Tyreek Hill week, it's never Sammy Watkins week. I just I, just so you know that. If I can throw out a suggestion for for Richard, maybe look at I don't know if this might be crazy talk, but Richard uh, Russell Gage is somebody who I think will have uh, another good week going against the Cowboys secondary. Um, they all had all three of um, the Falcons wide receivers had nine receptions over 100 yards. Maybe you have somebody to drop. That's a guy I really like. That's most likely on your waiver wires. Um, so that's a guy I would check out. Thank you. We talked about I mean, we talked about Russell Gage a couple of times over the offseason and really kind of dug into him as a guy that was a sleeper this year. That not a lot of people were talking about. Nobody drafted him. He wasn't on anybody's radar. But like the last like five or six games of the year, like he put up double digit fantasy points in almost every. I think it was like four of six or something like that. Trying to remember back to what he did. So I mean, it was not. It was no surprise of mine when he came out and had what nine for one twelve and a touchdown this past weekend. So uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, Russell Gage, I think, is, uh, is is should be a consideration for most people. Hayden Hurst wasn't utilized nearly as much as uh, people thought he was going to be. I think things can still change there, and he can eat into that. But Russell Gage, and great matchups. Like uh, Russell Gage is a, uh, definitely a flex a flex option. All right, as we transition into our start sits at the running back position, Richard also wants to know, is Fournette ever going to be yes. relevant this year? Yes. Actually, this is a good this is a good conversation because I want because I know both of you guys have Ronald Jones as a star, which I would agree this week against the Panthers. It's hard to uh, it's going to be hard not to play him, but I want you guys to talk about Rojo and then I'm going to tell you why they, what you should do with him after this week. Cody, I want to hear I want to hear you talk a little bit. You you throw some love out there. I mean, for me, it's just looking at I mean, don't hedge, weekend. don't hedge. I just just bring the heat. <laughs> There will be no hedge with this one. Well, you know, if you want to start, no. Um, with uh, with Rojo this week, I still think there's going to be that little bit of an acclimation period with Fort getting Fournette involved. I do think at some point he ends up coming in. He is relevant this year, but I don't think it's going to be this week. The matchup is sitting well for him. They're go- they should be playing from ahead against Carolina. And last week, I believe he had 74% of the opportunity share the snaps were closer between him and McCoy, but McCoy had one target. McCoy was getting in during the during the hurry up. That's whenever he was involved and on the field, but he only had one target. Rojo had 17 carries. The Fournette's five, I believe. I believe Fournette had five last uh, last week. And like I said, um, the the targets were three to one or three to two in favor of of Rojo over McCoy. So there shouldn't be any need for them to be in hurry up. Uh, this week he, they should be playing with a lead and I think this is one of those weeks where maybe we see 
both Rojo and Fournette have flex value, but I, I Fournette, I think, I mean, rather, uh, Rojo was consensus like 21 or 22 for fantasy pros. And I think he could be, he could be a little bit higher and get closer to that, that high end RB two range this week. Yeah, it, it's the matchup, right? I think we're looking at Rojo to get the yardage. He, he's caught a couple of passes. He caught uh, 30 plus passes last year. So um, I think he has a, a good PPR um, yardage and then a couple catches to add on top of that. But if we're talking Leonard Fournette, I think he has a really good uh, chance to get a touchdown. If you're asking me who in that running back room is likely to get a touchdown against this defense, I think that's where Leonard Fournette has his appeal. And I think that's something you probably agree with, Kev, right? This is what I have to say about Ronald Jones. You hope to hell if you're a Ronald Jones Ronald Jones owner that he goes out and has a really good week this week because you are immediately selling him as quickly as you possibly can because the, the, regardless of what anybody thinks, like there's been a lot of talk about Ronald Jones this week and like people talking about how good he looked. Like I saw him look good on one play there for a while. He was like eight for thir- eight carries and 13 yards like th- there's certainly some big red flags here to look at in terms of uh, his overall day he only played 46 percent of the snaps that is a huge uh issue uh for, for me because that's right in line to what he was doing last year yes he had 17 carries yes he had three targets three targets isn't good like if you're if you're only getting me three targets a week uh you're basically just a between the tackles grinder which is exactly what we thought that he was but everybody wanted to say that how he was going to take on this bigger passing game role and everything else well we're, we're, we've yet to see it and really you know, last week would have been a great opportunity for it to happen because they were down uh, essentially most of the game. They, he still did not really see much of a target share. He had 8% of the team's targets. He had his true yards per carry was 3.7, which was 35th in the league. He only had two evaded tackles, which is terrible. And so for me, I didn't think he looked good. And I honestly, like Bruce Arians said it again today, that, that Leonard Fournette is going to continue to get more opportunities. And I believe that's that, that to be true. I don't. I think it was, it was fool's. It was a fool's errand to believe that Leonard Fournette was going to step in week one and be like the lead back or have any significant role in this offense. But when he was on the field, he got the ball. And so for me, like Leonard Fournette, probably by week eight, is going to be the lead back in in this backfield. I 100% believe that. And so the quicker you can move on from Ronald Jones, the better. And for me, this weekend, you hope that he goes out and has a really good week because his value will be as high as it could possibly be. And then you automatically trade him as fast as you can yeah i think the only issue with that for me is that the defense is good like new orleans has a very good run defense they had a good run defense last year and so yeah rojo isn't going to look great against a good run defense you know who looked even worse leonard fournette five carries five yards look atrocious actually well that's the same that's that's exactly what he did though he had he had the one big run because like i said like for the most of the game like when i was looking at it like it was like in the third quarter and he had like eight or nine carries for like 10 yards like they like neither one of them did great in that department i'm not denying that one one bit it's just i don't think i think the hype for ronald jones it was like people wanted to confirm some bias with him and so they so week one they saw that he got 17 carries and the three targets like i'm supposed to be excited about that and, and talked about him like he like bald or something like that. He had one good carry, and right. that was pretty much it. And my biggest concern is he still only played forty six percent of the snaps. Like that's a problem. If he's only going to play forty six percent of the snaps, like it's going to be hard to ever really trust him. And he also he also only got I think fifty percent of the goal line work as well. And so if he's also if he's if he's not even going to get that work, uh, the goal line touches, then it's a really big concern for me. And there's so many red flags here that I just don't understand the, where the hype's coming from for him at this moment. 
And I just think he's just going to go down. So the best thing you can hope for is that he does go out and have a really good week two against a team that he should have have a good performance against. I will say this, Josh Jacobs, as great as he looked, I think he had what? He had 20-plus carries, I know that, and he still only had 93 rushing yards. He had the three touchdowns that obviously was huge. Love the fact that the dude balled and got six, uh, what, six receptions last week. And so, or what, or was it four for uh, 60, six. I think it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had twenty one percent of the target share. So that's exa- all offseason. You know, everyone was talking shit about Josh Jacobs and how uh, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, and Theo Riddick, and all these other bums were going to get targets, and it ended up being Josh Jacobs. But I digress. Sell Ronald Jones after this week. Kev, who is somebody that uh, that that you like this week at the running back position? R- rattle off some names and give uh, give some analysis for the folks. Uh, for me, I think one is David Montgomery. Um, I think this is a great matchup for the uh, for, for him this week. Uh, going, yep. I, I, if there's going to be a matchup that he is going to produce, this should be the one. I have him as a low end RB two this week. I just think that this is a great matchup for them. The, the Giants' defense, uh, especially their their front seven, is nothing to be uh, intimidated by. And so, if they get a lead, obviously he's going to get the, the majority of the work here. So, um, I like David Montgomery. I think you can definitely play him. Um, and then I think James Robinson is super interesting. Like, like he was kind of like the likely heading into last week. Like he was still widely available, right? And I, I didn't really understand why more people weren't on him because like he's the starter like he is the lead back like entering last week we knew that they only had two healthy backs it was chris thompson and him and that was it and like still like he was widely available heading into like after week one and did did james robinson ball no i think he had 68 yards he also had 28 yard reception and a touchdown um but if that's all the competition there is, we know that uh, Azikbo's on IR, that Ryquel Armstead's on the COVID list. So again, and Chris Thompson did not get very many targets whatsoever. And so like that was kind of the concern was, well, Chris Thompson's probably going to get all the, all the uh, pass catching work. He didn't. If, if James Robinson is going to continue to get that kind of opportunity... I think he is a he is a he is a weekly flex option at worst, and I think he could have some weeks where he's a wide receiver or an RB two. So I like James Robinson this week. I think you can play him, and I think that um, I think he's a solid flex option this week. So uh, people that added him, like right as of right now, there's nobody else there. Like there's nobody else going to come in and take his job. I, I and I think really for Chris Thompson, I think the biggest problem for him really will be Dare uh, will be Dare right, who they added, who we knew that wasn't going to play because they added him like on Friday. But that's a bigger issue for him, uh, Chris Thompson, than it is anything. Because I think he is probably the be- I, much better pass catching back at this point of his career than what Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson has been dust, and a lot of people just just kind of one for one put because of Jay Gruden there. Then all of a sudden, Chris Thompson is going to have this huge role in the offense as a pass catcher, and I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to end up being Dare, where it's James Robinson, and then Dare as the number two. So I don't know. Uh, I just think James Robinson is another, uh, another player that uh, you know, if you're in a pinch this week and you're uh, you know, Antonio Gibson guy. You know, maybe you started Antonio Gibson, and now things aren't looking as good for them. Now, some of that I will say when we look at that the usage that, that Antonio Gibson got, because I know you guys talked about that early, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were trailing the entire time, and so that's why McKissick was on the field as much as he was. Now, I still will never understand Peyton Barber, and I don't understand it. Like, I don't know what team's fascination is with Peyton Barber. Like, have we not seen that he is the quintessential Jag running back in the league, but the dude still gets opportunities. We saw it last year. We see it this year. I don't know. Um, maybe he's just a really stand-up guy. And people really like him. I don't know. But 
Anyways, uh, I think James Robinson, David Montgomery are two guys that I would want to play. Robbie, what say you? You already talked about Rojo. Do you have any other starts you like this week that consensus seems to be lower on? Yeah, we've already hit on on some of these waiver wire guys, James Robinson. Um, and, and the other one for, for me is Naheem Hines, and he was my number one uh, waiver priority ad. Marlon Mack's out of the picture. Jonathan Taylor's obviously still there, but I get major Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon vibes from this offense um, led by Phillip Rivers. Obviously, you have you know the, the pass catching work went to both of them, but there were 17 targets in this backfield, and, and eight of them goes goes to Hines, and I think that's something that's just going to continue uh, throughout the season. If we look back at last year, Eckler had five or more targets in 75% of their games in, on a 16 game uh, pace. Um, so I think he's kind of the one a right now. And eventually that will flip Taylor as he gets more acclimated with that offense as a rookie. Eventually he'll probably take over that one a role, but we saw that Austin Eckler was still very, very valuable in the Phillip rivers led offense. Um, he's still going to get touches on the ground as well. So that's a guy I want to start uh, against the Jaguars. In fact, so, or no, against the Vikings, excuse me. Um, so that's the guy I want to start for week two. And then Devin Singletary is, is my other start. Everyone's talking about Zach Moss. He got a reception touchdown, whatever. Like it was a four yard. He needed to find the open guy, but Devin Singletary had seven targets. I think he's the the clear receiving back uh, in that field, uh, in the backfield. And then Zach Moss was a plotter. Like he he got no yardage, honestly, uh, with the work that he got. So um, Singletary saw sixty percent of the snaps, and, and I think he's the clear uh, lead back. He's definitely the one A, and even a little bit more than that. And I think he has a really good matchup against the Finns in week two. To be fair, though, Devin Singletary didn't do anything with his opportunities either. He had 30 rushing yards and 23 receiving yards. I mean, 23 receiving yards uh, is on five receptions. I don't know. Right. I'm not going to overreact to one week when I saw him get 5.1 yards per carry last year, though. I guess that's that's my point. Like, Zach Moss is he, – he, he, people who don't like him, they call him a plotter, and he, and he comes out. It's, it's week one. I'm, I, he, it's, it's bias probably, but he didn't look great. He's definitely the one B in that offense. And who's going to have those receiving targets? And I think that's Devin Singletary. He had seven of them week one. That's that's, I don't, that's who I, I want. Yeah, I don't hate Devin Singletary. I was just saying. Um, I mean, I, I think that um, I, I think Singletary will end up being a, a decent flex option. He's a he's a guy I would hate to be starting as my as my RB two though. Like I would be scared to death to be if I had to start him as my RB two every single week. Not if Zach Moss continues to look like this. But again. Try not to overreact to week one. I say it in one side of my mouth, and the other side of my mouth, I go and overreact it's to week one. It's 100% the truth. Like we, say, <laughs> we say it every year with, with don't overreact to week one because people do that. After week one, if their team loses, they're like, oh, my God, my team sucks. It's over. Like, what do I do? The sky's falling. It's like, no, relax. Like, even more so than any other year, relax. It's week one. Whatever it is that you're overhyping that somebody did or under or whoever under or underperformed, like take it with a grain of salt. Like we need a solid month to see how all this shakes out before you really start yep. to make a, you know, a real determination on one way or the other. Preach. Yeah, Zach Moss, 11 yards on nine carries. So obviously that is someone that Robbie is sitting this week. Uh, Kev, what about you? Who are who's who's a couple of your sits that uh, you know that that is that was a little bit higher in the fantasy pros consensus rankings than what you were expecting? Uh, Melvin Gordon, somebody that I'm sitting. I already talked about it. Uh, they get a, a really tough matchup against a Steeler defense that just stonewalled Saquon Barkley. If it wasn't for his pass catching work, it would have been a really rough day. Now, I think people will look at Melvin Gordon and say, well. But isn't Philip Lindsay likely out because he's got that turf toe? But uh, I think Royce Freeman's going to get all those opportunities. Royce Freeman got opportunities last week. 
um, with all of them with all of them playing. Like Royce Freeman got a goal line uh, carry as well. He did not convert on said goal line carry, but Royce Freeman is a solid runner. I, I think is a, a better running back. People give him credit for, and he's somebody that I'm surprised teams didn't reach out to to try to acquire before the season started because he probably could have been had at a cheap price. But I think Royce Freeman's he's 100 going to have a role if Philip Lindsay can't go. I think a lot of people are going to assume that Melvin Gordon's going to get all you know. It's going to just be the workhorse, and I don't think that's going to be the case. They really still like Royce Freeman as well, and so like. This is a terrible matchup against a Steeler defense that uh, one of the best run defenses in all, all of football. So I am not playing with that fire, and I would sit Melvin Gordon if I could. I'm going to jump in here real quick. Someone I think we should be dialing back our expectations. Now, we going back to the start your studs argument back and forth, we had Christian McCaffrey. I, I per, Me personally, I'm never going to have the stones to sit Christian McCaffrey, but – if you look back to last year and his matchups against Tampa Bay, he like outside of week two where he was bailed out by two scores, was not good, was not great, Bob. Uh, week one, 37 rush yards. Week two, 31. He had 57 total yards. Week two, like I said, got bailed out by those, by those touchdowns. So whenever you're setting your lineup, you're obviously putting that check mark next to McCaffrey's name. But maybe with some of your other starts it, uh, you know, when, when you're when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thinking about what you're going to do with your lineup, maybe you reach for you know somebody like a not not reach, but you put more credence to somebody like a Darius Slayton who can go out and give you that higher ceiling performance because you might not be able to just uh, Christian McCaffrey 25 points. You're not you're not going to be able to do that this week. So you know whenever you're balancing out the rest of your lineup decisions, think keep that in the back of your mind. I think on a weekly basis, though, I would, I will at least for the next couple of weeks, I would want to like really watch because it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Because he only had four targets last week, like that was very surprising in a game where they were, you know, it was a back and forth, but they were down and trailed a lot of the game. Like I don't know, like that was that was a little concerning. Like I don't think people expected that, and so I mean, he ended up with a solid performance, obviously with what over a hundred yards, and two touchdowns, because it's Christian McCaffrey. But if he's not going to get the targets that he's that he got last year, like that's a little concerning for him. Not on a seasonal basis, I would say more like if you play DFS, like there's no way I could play Christian McCaffrey at his price on DraftKings. He's like 10k, like he's getting that. Like he has to, he better be getting 10, 12 targets a week as a running back if you're playing him at 10k. So anyway. Before we transition over to wide receiver, Robbie, I know you had this name down on uh, on our show sheet. We got a question from Jacob in the YouTube chat. Thoughts on Malcolm Brown? I thought he looked like a proper first string back. What are you doing with Malcolm Brown? He was obviously a, a super popular waiver ad this week. Robbie, what, what are your thoughts on Malcolm? Yeah, if, if we remember back to the, the Sunday show, I was somebody who did not want to start uh, Cam Akers. I thought this was going to be a, mainly a, a Malcolm Brown uh, game. He's somebody that they trust. He did well week one 
uh, going back to last year, he has, you know, back to back running back one weeks in week one. So remember that for 2021. Uh, but, but now as, as we kind of go forward, Daryl Henderson starts to mix back in practice. I think this is going to be a running back by committee, like Sean McVay said. And so I'm not comfortable starting any of these guys. Um, you know, I say the matchup's good um, from a passing standpoint for, for Jared Goff, which makes you think, you know, it should be good for the running backs as well. But I'm not in love with it. Um, I know Fletcher Cox is going to play for the Eagles. So obviously that's never a guy that you want going against your, your running backs there. Um, but, yeah, I just think this is a running back by committee. If you have to, I, I think he's the one I still want to start over Cam Akers. But I, I'm going to go to Naeem Hines. I'll go to whatever Pittsburgh back is playing, whether that's Connor or Benny Snell. There'll, there'll be a couple other guys that I want to start in that flex area over a Malcolm Brown. So here, I mean, this is my 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 take on him is that one. I guess maybe we should have saw a little bit of this coming. I know we all like Cam Akers, especially I mean Cody heading into the season, and maybe by the end of the year he will take over as that lead back. But early on, like it's hard to deny that Malcolm Brown looked really good. Um, he played almost sixty percent of the snaps. He had eighteen carries, the four targets. So he had twenty two, you know, twenty two opportunities. Um, and the things that really that really stood out to me though was he ran fourteen routes, which was third most by any running back this past weekend. He had a fourteen point three target share, which was also thirteenth, and his ten point three yards per reception was also pretty pretty good and he he also he also ran five routes in the uh five routes from the slot which was also really surprising to me when i looked that up because obviously malcolm brown's not a guy that you would think of as the supreme pass catcher but i don't know like if he's going to continue to get that kind of opportunity and that kind of usage like he's it's really going to be really hard to sit him on a weekly basis and this isn't a matchup that i'm really all that that i'm really all that afraid of um you know he was also seventh in evaded tackles this past weekend um, 12th and juke rate like there's a lot to like here with with Malcolm Brown and I don't know if it's necessarily a fluke I mean he's kind of a guy that we've kind of talked about with, with Todd Gurley there like if you ever got the opportunity and he played 60% of the snaps I mean at least early on uh, obviously he's a guy that people picked up and I mean who knows I mean he could end up being the starter here the entire year I don't know if that's crazy to say and it, I don't think that's really a crazy take and so you know we'll see because I mean it's what he's been able to do. I mean, he was he was super impressive. And then again, it's week one. Uh, I want to see him continue to do it. And so, so we'll see what happens here. But if he continues to get this kind of opportunity, it's going to be hard to deny the guy. He's going to be a solid RB2. Kev with the full 360, baby. Sunday morning, start Cam Akers. Now Malcolm Brown could be the start of the whole year. Yeah, uh, I, I'm the exact opposite, right? Like I, I was trying to say, you know, calm on the rookies, wait on the rookies. They'll, they'll have their time, and I think they will. But yeah, Malcolm Brown isn't isn't going to be long for this job. I think he'll he'll mix in these first few weeks, but eventually the the, the talent will win out, and it will be Acres. But it's it's going to depend. It's because it's going to depend on how they how do they choose to utilize him. Because I, I don't know because we've seen them go heavy with. I mean, look at uh, what they did with C.J. Anderson a few years ago down the stretch, right? Yep. Like it's it's not out of the race, but which is crazy. How much draft capital they've spit on the running back, and they're playing their un- what undrafted free agent and Malcolm Brown. You know, the last two years, what they've spent on running back, and now this is the guy they're going with. But the guy looks really damn good. So, for me, it's it's hard to deny that. And so, for me, that is why that I think, at least early on the year, and maybe he is a guy that you should be looking to sell high on. Because if yes. he continues to do this, I mean, yes. after that performance against the, the, the Cowboys, that you should be looking to sell, like maybe he is that guy. You're never going to know which one to start, I think, for the first seven, eight weeks. I think you need to definitely sell this backfield. 
As we switch over from running back to receiver, we have a question from Noel. Uh, need to Rojo, Anthony Miller, T.Y. Hilton, full PPR. Who are you guys leaning there? Oh, man. You know, I like the squeaky wheel narrative with A-Rob, which I think hurts Anthony Miller. Um, I know that's kind of a, a weak argument there, but I think they're going to pepper A-Rob this next week. Ronald Jones is going to be one for sure, and then I'm, I'll, I'll probably go – T.Y. Hilton, honestly, uh, for my two. Yeah, uh, I'd go Ronald Jones. Hope Ronald Jones goes ham and sell him. And then uh, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, Roger just uh, diced up that Vikings defense with basically one wide receiver. <laughs> so, all right, uh, as we go to quarterback, I mean, wide receiver, rather. Uh, our guy Josh Twenter joining us in the chat. And if you're watching on YouTube for the first time, please make sure you subscribe. If you're watching right now and you already are subscribed, smash that like button for us. It means a lot. Josh wants to know he needs three. Odell, Cup, Chark, Fuller, or Gallup? I just want, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest here. I want six to midnight reading that wide receiver list. Like, that is a sexy wide receiver, like a sexy group of wide receivers to have. Well, he he, fought, he actually followed that up. We'll, we'll jump back to that. He said, I feel like he's going to be guessing every week he might need to trade for a better number one wide receiver. Yeah. I, I think, think you could, I think you could package those and and upgrade. I mean, you, you might have some headaches in terms of your, your start-sit decisions, but, I mean, that that's a, that's a nice problem to have, to, to be honest. If you were going to sell somebody, though, who would you sell? Michael – you're going for Michael Thomas, I think, is the play here. Go reach out to that Michael Thomas owner. And, and I think you're moving maybe OBJ and, and, and Fuller for me uh, would be two guys that I'm How long I'm do you looking. think Michael Thomas is out, though? Uh, three to four weeks. We saw uh, Barkley out three to four weeks last year with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, but um, Barkley never looked – I mean, didn't really look the same there even the rest of the year. Like, that's what scares the hell out of me with, with right. this. If he tries to rush his way back, like, high ankle sprains are so uh, scary to mess with because it ends up sapping a lot of what these guys do. Now, with Michael Thomas, we know he only runs, like, five-yard routes. So, I mean, it really probably isn't that big of a deal. He's not a, he's not a guy that you're looking to go deep. So, as long as he can still run the slant, you're probably still okay with him. But a little tape and dirt, throw him out there. Uh, so, I guess to the question, the need three, like, I would go OBJ – I think I think he's he's also in play against that Bengals secondary that's also decimated just as the the Browns. I think Please. Fuller. Are you locking in Fuller as well? Not for no. me. I got my three. Um, OBJ and I think Cup are the two bounce back options. They didn't have great week ones. I think they're prime for bounce back games, especially Cup. I think he's a touchdown monster. He didn't have a, a great week one. I think he's prime for a touchdown in week two. And then get Michael Gallup. We were just talking about that Atlanta uh, defense with. Um, or I guess we're talking about the the Cowboys defense with Russell Gage, but both of those uh, trios of wide receivers, I think are just going to eat. I will go Gallup, OBJ and cup for mine. Um, I think as, as cooks works back into that offense, Fuller might, might not have his, his eight for 112. Um, And then, and Chark's a fine option too, but um, I'll take the OBJ cup and Gallup. That's so tough. Cause I have, I have, all of, oh, I have OBJ Cup, Chark, and Gallup all as top twenty options this week. So can't go wrong. Then can't go wrong. Yeah, I would go. Who, OB- who are you sitting at? Who, who's lowest in your rankings, Kev? Gallup. I have Gallup at twenty. Well, <laughs> let's let's go right, let's go right into it then. Who? Uh, let, let, let's talk about a sit first. Uh, Robbie, give us your sits at the wide receiver position for this week. Yeah, one of my sits is actually in his question. It's Will Fuller. 
Um, he had a really good week one, and he, and he looked different. I, I don't think he was that deep shot uh, Will Fuller that we're used to seeing. He was kind of almost a possession receiver. He looked bigger. I don't know what happened, but he looked really good. Now I'm not going to overreact because now we have a tough matchup against Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. We're talking about you know maybe sitting uh, Deshaun Watson. Why would we sit Deshaun Watson? We don't think they're going to have the greatest game. You have to probably look at sitting those wide receivers then. Um, I, I do think – um, that's a lot stiffer competition than the the Chiefs cornerbacks there. And I think as Brandon Cooks gets healthier, if he can ever get healthy, um, he'll, his snap share will increase there. We've always known Will Fuller as a boomer bust kind of guy. So I think this is just going to be back to maybe one of those bust games. Now, can he prove me wrong? Do I have him super low? No, I'm going to have him probably as a top 30 guy, maybe even top 25. I uh, need to still kind of tweak those wide receiver rankings. But if we're if we're talking about guys that um, I maybe want to avoid uh, because of the matchup, it's going to be Will Fuller. Kev, what say you? Hit us with one of your uh, your sets. Yeah, Will Fuller was going to be a guy that was going to be a guy we talk about as well. I have him at wide receiver thirty five in the rankings that I have updated, um, and so yeah, it's just it's just not a great matchup for him. Um, he is somebody because listen, Marcus Peters could definitely be beat deep, but that's Marcus Peters' biggest problem. Uh, even going back to when he played for the Chiefs, is too often he gets beat deep because he is that big play guy who's always a ball hawking corner who can definitely be beat deep. So would it surprise me if Will Fuller beat him deep for a 60-yard touchdown? No, but I wouldn't bank on that um, to happen in this matchup. So I, I have him at wide receiver 35. Like he is a, you know, he's a back end wide receiver three. Now for season long, I absolutely love Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller could end up being a wide receiver one, but this just isn't the week I'd want to play him. Robbie, as you uh... – as you take a drink there and get yourself unparched, what about one of your starts for the week? Yeah, just going right back to to Josh's question. I'm, I'm starting Michael Gallup. I want everything to do with anybody facing the Atlanta secondary. Um, obviously, Russell went and torched them, had 300 plus passing yards, four TDs. Um, that, you know, I think Dallas is going to do that exact same thing. Um, you, you asked me about any of them. I'll start Ceedee Lamb even. Um, with, with Jarwin out, I don't think they're going to throw to his his new uh, the replacement in Dalton Schultz. So I think it's those three and Zeke are the only guys that are going to be getting targets. And if you talk about an offense that's going to probably throw thirty five guys thirty five times, uh, thirty five plus times, this this is that game that I think will will push the over. It's going to be high scoring. I think you know I don't know what the over under is. I bet it's in the fifty four fifty five range. Uh, this is uh, the game I want to have all of my guys playing in. So Michael Gallup is a definite start for me. And then I, I kind of like the the Saints wide receivers that will fill in for Michael Thomas. I know we have an ageist on this podcast, so let me just say the name Manny Sanders without anybody freaking out. But Manny Sanders and Traquan Smith, I think, are two guys that if you need a flex option, you can definitely uh, look at. There's just a ton of targets that are going to you know be open and available for um, these wide receivers, obviously, Kamar can take it a little bit. Cook can take a little bit. But these are two guys that were probably on waiver wire, especially Traycon Smith, that I think uh, you need to kind of look at picking up. And I would start them week one or week two. Sorry. He's dust. Emmanuel Sanders is dust. All he is is dust in the wind, like Kansas says. Kev, you, have, you had Traquan Smith as one of your starts as well. We already touched on Darius Slayton in the question we had earlier. Two of your other starts that you had down, A.J. Green, Deontay Johnson. Talk to us about those two. 
don't tell me how, who, who how to live my life and who I have to talk about. Okay? Because first of all, there has not been enough Darius Slayton love that we talked about all offseason. That uh, everyone was so low on Darius Slayton. Couldn't understand why people had Darius Slayton so low. And he goes out against one of the better secondaries in all football and absolutely crushes. Let's go, Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton could end up being a wide receiver one. Well, guys, uh, that is going to do it for the Dude, fantasy. You were so still. I thought you. I thought I, was, I had to stop talking. Was like, is he? Is it frozen? What but, happened? But Darius Slayton absolutely crushed. Now this week he gets the Bears. Give me all the Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton is a strong, strong option as a wide receiver too this week. So, anyways. Like I said, I already talked about A.J. Green as well. I think A.J. Green looked much better than what I expected him to look after missing nearly, what, two years almost. Um, had not what, played since 2018. So, uh, love, love some A.J. I think A.J. Green, uh, for people who got him in the sixth, seventh round, you ride him for as long as you can get him until he gets another soft tissue injury, and he's probably likely done for the year. So, I like A.J. Green. This is a great matchup for him. Uh, was really close to, you know, on a bullshit call from having a touchdown called back. But I like him. And Deontay Johnson, I'm going to be honest, it was, it, was a rough, it was a rough go for Deontay in the first part of it. I'm like, oh, oh man, okay. The, he was looking lost. Uh, I don't know what was happening early in the game with him. He just continued to make one bad mistake after the next. And I'm like, all right, well, this this isn't good. And actually, I had him in, one, in, one, in my home redraft league, and I needed him to have a good game. I had him and Saquon going, and I was down by 12 points, and the guy I was playing had e- Eric Ebron, and I'm like, man, okay, this could look like, it started to look like it's going to be close. At, at first, I felt confident it was going to happen, but then, I started, but then I started getting worried. Anyways, Deontay Johnson ended up with 32% of the team target which uh, surprised me a little bit after I looked at that. Uh, I think he it was good to see that it, even though he struggled, the Big Ben continued to look for him and that offense started to look better and better as, the, as that game went on against the Giants. So you know, I think Deontay Johnson has really uh, solidified himself uh, with, with this target share. I, do I think he's going to get 32% of the deep targets the rest of the year? No. But I do think that I think expecting somewhere 20 to 25% on a weekly basis, I think is fair. I think he is the locked in wide receiver two on this, or number two wide receiver. Um, obviously, Juju is the uh, slot receiver, run 60, what, last year ran like 66% of his routes from the slot. It's going to continue to happen this year. So I like Deontay Johnson a lot, and you likely got him in the eighth, ninth round. And I think this is another good matchup for him this week against Denver. A name I'll throw out as a sit before we transition to tight end. Um, who's He's ranked in the top 24 on the Fantasy Pros consensus PPR rankings, and that's Keenan Allen. I would look to possibly sit him this week. I just This is a, an offense I've just been down on the entire offseason. I think how they won and how they played against the fucking Bengals of all teams that just did not, like, outside of that, the 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 run that Burrow had and that two that two minute drill to potentially tie things up, Burrow didn't look great. It's not like that Bengals defense is anything to be reckoned with, and they what was it sixteen thirteen or, or something like that. It was it was I think that's basically how they want to win and how they want to play every single week. I think Keenan had what eight targets last week, but only four catches. So he's I think he was like twentieth in the consensus rankings. He's someone who I would look to sit. 
even though they should be that the game script should be much different this week going up against the Chiefs. I just don't see I really don't see those targets climbing any higher. So he's someone that I would look to sit this week. We have a uh, we have a question from Leonard coming in before we uh, before we go to tight end start to wrap this up. Chark or Crowder against the banged up San Francisco defense. Real quick before I answer that, I think to just piggyback off your Keenan Allen comments, I think this might be a game where just because of the game script, if he has a good game, this is an absolute sell. If he has a good week too, I think this is a guy that you need to look to sell. So I know this isn't exactly a buy or sell uh, episode, but that's a guy I would look at doing for Leonard's question. um, I have Crowder actually as a sit for me. I know that that San Francisco defense has uh, some corners uh, banged up, but if you take away, I know we can't take away uh, scoring plays, but he gets a two yard out and a, a, just a missed tackle that would have went, it would have been a three yard reception and he goes 69 and houses it. If he doesn't have that, he goes six for 46. And we're not talking about Jamison Crowder. We're talking about him as a bust. Um, and he's not a touchdown machine. You should not rely on touchdowns for Jamison Crowder. Um, that Jets offense looks bad, and I, I don't care. The 49ers defense is still good, even without Sherman. Um, so I'm not playing Crowder. I will go Chark there. Something to monitor with Crowder as well. He was limited today with a hammy, so that might make your uh, your your decision easier. Kev, what what do you have to say on that on that question? If it was somebody different, uh, maybe it's a consideration. Uh, but with Chark, no. Uh, like I said, I have Chark as a top 20 wide receiver. The thing with Crowder is the, the things that we knew that, one, he's going to continue to see targets. I mean, he had 13, which was fourth most uh, this past weekend. Uh, almost a 40% target share. Now, it's only one week, of course. But, um, yeah. That's going uh, up to 60% now with Bell out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the dude's just going to get hammered with targets. And I think in a PPR format, even if he doesn't go, I mean, the guy could end up going out and getting you nine receptions for 60 yards, 70 yards, and still you know be a decent play on a weekly basis. So that, for me, if he's going to continue to get that kind of, uh, he's going to continue to see that kind of opportunity, then that's why I think he's at the very least a, a solid flex option on a weekly basis. But no, you're you're not sitting DJ Chark for him. The the thing I want to see them hopefully do the the Jaguars that is, is start to take some more of those deep shots. I mean, Minshew was what nineteen to twenty for less than two hundred yards last week. It was like one seventy something. So I mean, that's definitely not something I thought we were going to see with him. And maybe this will be the this will be the week that we see it. So let's move on to tight end. Start to wrap this up. We are already uh, already over an hour in in true TFA fashion, TFA form. Uh, tight ends. Who do you guys want to start off with? Obviously, it's it's kind of the same with the the guys that you you know not that you drafted all studs because there's only three or four studs at the at the tight end position that you were just plugging in week in and week out, not you know not even thinking about. Um, one one of the guys that I really like this week is going to be Jared Cook, especially with um, especially with Michael Thomas sitting. I I know the. The report first came out that he was going to try and play through it, but I, I think that was super optimistic at best, and now it's looking more and more likely that Thomas is going to miss a couple of weeks here. But Cook looked good. I think he is he is definitely in position to be starting this week. Uh, what about you guys? Who are some of your starts at the tight end position? Yeah, I like uh, Kev's guy. I'm going to steal Kev's thunder. He's been hyping this guy all off season, and I'll roll with Janu, who had four. I thought you were going to say Dan Arnold. Oh, oh, that is so true. Hey, Dan Arnold got two receptions. Uh, he, I think he's on pace to uh, have me lose our bet, our targets bet uh, against Kev. So I better be careful there. Uh, but, yeah, Janu 
went three or four for 36 and a touchdown. You know, not great, um, especially because the Titans threw so much, but I'm ready for him to get those rushes. You guys remember Johnny Smith rushing the football? Like when he catches these passes or he, you know, he got like what, four carries, but he had 78 yards rushing. Like, what is this? So, um, yeah, man, I, I just think that the matchup is going to be good against the Jaguars. Uh, they're, they're rolling out weak safety play. They have Josh Jones and a 2019 undrafted free agent, Andrew Wingard. Um, like we know this Jags defense is, is not great. And with rough safety play, I think this is a good matchup for Janu. Um, just on the flip side, I'll just get my sit out of the way. Noah fantastic. Uh, he had a great week one. If Sutton comes back, I think that's going to limit his upside. Um, and then just the matchup we, we've talked over and over about that Pittsburgh defense. Um, I think that's that's something I'm going to try and avoid. I think they are going to be the 2020 version of what we saw last year with the Pats, where I'm not looking to start too many individuals against them if I can stop, uh, uh, can avoid it. So, yeah, Locke, he, he's only had one game of over 300 yards passing. Actually, week one was his second highest yard total at 216. So we're talking about, you know, 200, low 200 yards. Um, that's not going to get it done, especially uh, if Cortland Sutton's back. So I'm sitting Fant and I'm starting Johnny Smith. Yeah, it's a tough matchup, but I mean, it's really hard to look at Drew Locke and extract. I mean, he only played what five games last year. Five so, games last year and one really this year. So I'm just five. going off of a six-game sample and just one, one, one game over. Right, two. right. I was just going. I was just going off of when you, you talked about how many 300-yard games he said. Uh, for me, it's T.J. Hawkinson, another guy we were super high on all offseason. Went out and uh, had himself a pretty solid week one. Uh, with the, with no Kenny Galladay, we'll wait and see if Kenny Galladay plays this week. But um, you know, things that you should always be looking for in tight ends, always to be looking for, is routes run. That is the most important thing with a tight end to 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 look at and to monitor with them. Um, whether you're playing DFS season long, whatever. And last week, T.J. Hawkinson ran 27 routes, which was fourth most. Um, he did see five targets. Uh, I believe he had a touchdown. What was it? Um, five receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, solid performance, 16.6 fantasy points. Again, this week, uh, they get another decent matchup. So with no Kitty Galladay, he's certainly going to be the red zone guy. So I love TJ Hawkinson. I think he is a solid tight end one. For me, um, all the people that drafted Gronk, I don't know what you're doing. Um, it was probably not the smart move. You know, um, I would definitely not be playing him. I know people uh, drafted him, and he started to move up draft board. Or he started to move up ADP as the offseason went through went, went along, and I just never really understood it. I knew I figured he was going to be a guy that wasn't going to play a whole lot. He looked like the guy that we thought he was going to look like, and that is a little bit dusty. So I don't know. Um, so I, I cannot play him uh, at all. Um, you mentioned Dan Arnold, though. Dan Arnold, uh, just just a Dan. We just need to do a Dan Arnold update every single week to kind of see where he's at. He actually played fifty three percent of the snaps, which I was kind of surprised with. I did not think he was going to get that much opportunity. He had seven slot snaps and he ran seventeen routes, which is uh, pretty solid. Um, two targets, two catches, twenty yards. So, Dan Arnold. Uh, what's our what's our over under 40 targets so he's on a, a 36 target pace right now it's gonna be close it's gonna come down I think the wire he's gonna have some weeks he's got some boom weeks i think you can see some weeks where he gets you know five catches 60 yards and a touchdown like dan arnold is a thing okay people should have been paying attention we talked about him all off season hey we had lauren when we had lauren carpenter on the show she said he was she uh, he was one of her tight end sleepers i'm like it's because you're smart so, Dan Arnold, it's going to happen. We're, every week, the Dan Arnold watch. We're going to put a ticker down at the bottom. Dan Arnold watch. We're just going to monitor <laughs> Dan Arnold every week. 
Oh, I love it. Week five, Dan Arnold is up to six catches on the year. <laughs> what, uh, real, real quick on uh, Kev, we, we touched on him a little bit earlier when we were talking about Russell Gage and that, that Falcons offense. Um, are you going back to Hayden Hurst this week at Dallas? Obviously, they have a, a bunch of – uh, a bunch of injuries at the linebacker position with LVE and Sean Lee. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you know, maybe I think, uh, Robbie, you were talking about it. Maybe they shared stem cells and they, they shouldn't have because that's, uh, that is not working out well for, for either of them. But are you guys going to go right back to Hurst this week? Because you probably drafted him as your as your tight end. I mean, you drafted him as your tight end one, obviously, depending on where you got him. He started creeping up there toward the end of draft season where he was going a little bit earlier than I felt comfortable taking him. Are you going back to him or are you going to be looking elsewhere maybe on for, for a streamer this week? Uh, I mean, yeah, depending on what else is out there, if somebody like John Jonu is available, I would, I would play him over him. Um, I'm sure there was there's a pretty decent amount of tight ends that were available. Like I said, I think Hayden Hurst, I think people that thought Hayden Hurst's role was going to be Austin Hooper's role, what, what he had last year, I think were a little ridiculous with it. Do I think that he can bounce back? Sure. So would I, would I jump ship right now on Hayden Hurst? No. Um, this is another good matchup against Dallas. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you play it if you got him. Yeah, and, right. and- I'm not giving up on Hayden Hurst either. Um, I, I, I think he's, you know, every, every, every tight end is going to have a three for 35 week. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling out every single person starting on both sides of that football in the Atlanta-Dallas game. And then, yeah, I saw that, that um, comment by uh, Leonard there. Yeah, Hunter Henry is actually tight end five for me this week. Uh, I think Tyrod looked to him more than Keenan Allen, obviously more than Austin Eckler. I don't know how you only throw it to Austin Eckler one time uh, in in the entire football game, but Hunter Henry was a, a target of Tyrod's and playing catch up against the Chiefs. He is a tight end five for me. I think he will be able uh, to get a lot of run there. So we're not talking about him because we're 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 talking about these lower guys. But yeah, uh, Hunter Henry should be all systems go for me. Oh, yeah, but that's exactly what we talked about with Hunter Henry heading into this year with Tyrod. Tyrod loves his tight ends. Uh, going all the way back to his days in Buffalo, he did the same thing. Um, and he didn't. So, Charles I mean, Clay. So, yeah, Charles, Charles Clay, Clay, right? I think Charles yeah. Clay led the team in targets like the two years that he was the um, – that the two years that he was a starter, which I, I still don't understand why people were high on Tyrod entering this year because we we knew that about like Tyrod. Tyrod looked terrible with the Browns, and he looks terrible now. Like Justin Justin Herbert is going to be the starter sooner rather than later if this continues because uh, there's no reason to believe that he's all of a sudden going to come out and ball against the Chiefs. And, but I will say this: the Chiefs, if there was a time that, you, that, that he should be able to play well, because the Chiefs lost Charvarius Ward. I don't think he's going to play this week. He fractured his hand, they're, so they're playing Janarius Sneed. And if you don't know who he is, he's like a fourth or fifth round pick. They just drafted because Brashad Perr or Brashad. Um, I was going to say Brashad Perryman. It's not. Breland. Yes, Brashad Breland. There you go. Uh, Rashad Breland is suspended for the first four games, so they're not going to have him. They're not going to have Shavarius Ward, so their two starting corners are out, and they're going to be running out Rashawn Fitton and um, Legereus Sneed. So the secondary is a little banged up. So you know, if there was a time to, to you know to get some of these guys going, this would be the week. But I I, I don't see it happening. So uh, Tyrod Taylor is forever just terrible. All right, let's. Uh, we we got a bunch of questions rolling in here as we try and wrap this up. Got a question from Jim in the YouTube chat. Uh, PPR: Julian Edelman or Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson. Yeah, Edelman's a PPR guy, and they are not throwing like they used to. Jack, following that up with another Deontay question: Deontay or Devonte? Deontay. Yeah, Devontae, I think he's uh, iffy kind of right now with a hammy. Is that correct? Yeah. 
So, yeah, I'm going to yep. go with Deontay Johnson there. Shades, 721, need two in standard. Taylor, Carson, David Johnson, or Rojo? For me, that's that's those are close options, but I, I can't sit Carson after week one. I know his rushing totals weren't great, um, but I do think uh, he runs more than six times. I think he only had six attempts um, in week one. And, and I'll probably go with David Johnson, honestly. Um, if there's anybody going to be doing the, the catch up there um, with the short passes as they try and compete with Baltimore, I'll go with David Johnson. But I, I don't hate any of those options, to be honest with you. I'm going Jonathan Taylor. Oh, can I just not answer? Am I not allowed to answer? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loading it up, queuing it up. <laughs> Keep up, Dad. Jonathan Taylor is 100% in play. Yes. And then I think I would go Ronald Jones. Ooh, so exact opposite. There it is. I hope that helps. Cody, you got to break the tie. Listen, if you had to, if you had to go, Chris Carson, I I, I can understand. Um, I think that, but this is a tough matchup against against New England. But so, but if you wanted to go, if, if you wanted to go, Chris Carson, I I, I probably you could go that way as well. Is I New England a tough matchup? matchup. That, I don't know if we know what they are as a defense. That is true. That is true. They just faced Miami and Miles Gaskin and Jordan that's, Howard. That's my thing. I don't know if New England's. They're definitely not what they were in 2019. Are they still a tough defense? Maybe. But I haven't seen that yet. I, I got to start Chris Carson. I think he'll be highest in my ranking. So that's for sure. Yeah, you're probably right. So yeah, I, I would go Taylor and Carson. I think yeah, I, Taylor and Carson for me as well. Uh, Matthew asked this question once. It seems in the uh, in the YouTube chat, who should he start, Mike Evans or Marquise Brown? I mean, if Evans is a go, I'm, I'm starting Evans there. Yeah, start yeah. your studs as Kev loves oh. to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's a. Uh, might not be the, the the right way of getting there, but yes, the answer is Mike Evans. Philip joining us again. He was rocking with us on Sunday, I believe. Uh, Hawkinson or Fant? Hawkinson. Yep, Fant's one of our sits, and Hawkinson's one of our starts. Cousins or Ryan? Matty Ice. Yeah, Atlanta Atlanta Dallas start every single person. Oop, skipped one on Philip here. Uh, Carson, Hines, Montgomery, Gibson. Uh, Philip, we're going to go to your next question. Let us know how many of those that you need. Uh, DJ Moore or Slayton? You know, it's just not tough because it's DJ Moore, but, like, who else do you got? Do we got anybody else we can fit him in? Because, like, I want to start Darius Slayton, but you're not sitting DJ Moore for him. Nope. His next question was Carson, Hines, Montgomery, or Gibson. Uh, let's let's assume that he needs two. Uh, all right, never mind. Just one of those. Who who are you taking out of those four? Another team. This team is stacked. Good job. Good for you, Philip. Good for you. That's that's gonna be Carson for me. Yeah, Carson. I mean, Gibson Gibson's out. Let's just do, go the other way. Gibson's absolutely out for me. I think he can have his his floor is too low for me. Montgomery. I don't think he has a high ceiling. Um, it's not gonna get the receiving Whoa, work. You you shut your mouth on David Montgomery. <laughs> okay, like. Right, and and as a David Montgomery guy, normally it's it's odd to be to be cracking down on him here, but yeah, I'm gonna. It's kind of between Carson and Hines, but I'm gonna give Carson the edge. Jim coming back with another uh, quarterback question: Wentz or Stafford? Well, that's Wentz, and then I'll roll with Stafford there. So, Cody, who are you going with? Who we uh, who are the matchups here? So we got Lions and Packers, Lions, Packers, and Rams and Eagles. <laughs> give me give me Wentz. I'm gonna go Wentz on on that one. Thomas Iverson joining us in the YouTube chat. Thomas, I've never seen you in here before, so please make sure you subscribe, like, and uh, do all that stuff for us or we're not answering this question. But he wants to know, Kirk or McLaurin or P. Campbell? It's, I, I, can't, I can't do Kirk after, after – I mean, we, we don't want to overreact to one week, 
but Kev, that's a uh, the the uh, the targets not being there for D Hop did not <laughs> did not look did not look good for you uh, for for week one. But he wants to know Kirk McLaurin Campbell. It's McLaurin. I mean, there's it's not really a yeah. I mean, yeah, it's listen. You know, I love Terry McLaurin. Uh, do I think Christian Kirk is going to bounce back? Yes. Do I think Paris Campbell uh, is a stud? Possibly. I mean, he looked, he looked really good, really good. I know he was somebody that I was really high on this offseason, and Cody was really low on. That, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, it's McLaurin. Yep. Yeah, that uh, that that matchup there doesn't does not scare me at all. So I will I will also roll McLaurin there. Guys, any uh, any any parting words of wisdom? Anything you guys are looking forward to in week two as we uh, as we wrap up? Uh, okay, Philip just uh, let letting us know he, he's in that standard what, uh, ten team? man. If you want to know my team? I have Matt Ryan, McCaffrey, Carson, Sutton, Julio. It's an okay team, I guess, when you have Julio and CMC. It's, it's an okay team. Cousins, Gibson, <laughs> Cooks, Montgomery, Hines. Well done, sir. All right, well done. That like that. See, you want to know how to draft? There it is. That that is a excellent. Excellent, excellent team there. I like that. Well, it's obviously because he was rocking with the fantasy authority all off season long. A lot of a lot of our guys on there too. So that was uh, that's nice to see. But as we as we head into week two, what are you guys looking forward to? Do you think we get any more answers on anything that you know you got? Like obviously week one didn't really give us a lot of answers, like we've been talking about the entire show. Just give me give me some uh, some week two thoughts as we sign off. I think that, well, I just think that uh, this is another week for us to get a little more information. I think some things are going to be a little bit more, we get some, some more answers to some things. I think the Antonio Gibson, um, people being so far down on him now, I think is a little ridiculous. I think that he is still the best running back in this backfield, and I think the way that things played out last week had some something to do with that. But... Um, yeah, I think that there's going to be a when – when I first loaded up this week of slate of games, I was really excited. There's a lot of really good games this weekend. The Cowboys-Falcons one is one that I'm really looking forward to. Um, I think that one has a lot of good fantasy goodness. The the Raiders-Saints game I think could end up being a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to watching Brian Edwards live on television uh, to, to see how he looks. So, yeah, and uh, the one thing I would say is make sure you tune in on Sunday morning for the TFA game day show, game day show where – We'll be going through everything, answer all your start sick questions. Because we're, we're waiting on a lot of news, who's going to be in, who's going to be out, which has an effect on how we look at things, how we, you know, who we would play, who we wouldn't. Maybe some things would change with some certain uh, guys that you guys are looking to play. So, yeah, Kev, Stone My Thunder was definitely going to plug that. I think week two, leading up to week two, is one of the most difficult weeks to figure out for your waivers, for your streamers, because we just have all this off season narrative that we've been pushing for, for months. And then we have one week sample size and you have to just figure it all out so was going to push the 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 starter sit or not the pre-show uh, leading up to week two uh, on sunday so make sure you guys are tuned into that and i think also make sure that you guys are not overreacting to a lot of these these studs who might have had uh down games like you know mike evans was hurt or somebody i think this is where you can take advantage of some of those studs who maybe didn't produce and and uh, offer somebody who is in your flex or a waiver wire pickup uh, you know, don't don't insult them with the injury or with the trade option. But um, if, if there was a stud that had a slow week one, maybe a DJ Moore, uh, someone like that, 
try try and go for those guys and see if you can uh, add some more talent to your teams. Yeah, I was going to say find the uh, find the people that are that are overreacting for sure. And Mike Evans was actually going to be my my example of going out and uh, and buying. And hopefully, Robbie, you were talking about the coach speak earlier with Bruce Arians and how that how that turned out. Hopefully he is also right. I don't know if you guys saw the quote or not, but hopefully this quote is is uh, is, is correct as well when it comes to coach speak. But Bruce Arians was talking about that like it, it makes him upset at himself whenever Mike Evans does not get at least ten targets a game. Obviously the ten targets that that's I mean no, nobody really averages ten targets a game outside of like Michael Thomas now. But uh, if, Adams, yeah Adams Adams as well. But if you if you are, you know, if, if you guys have a group chat or a message board that your, you know, your fantasy league is always talking on, find the people like, you know, Kevin was saying, my, you know, my team's awful. Everything is horrible. Find someone who you think overperformed week one. Go after someone that you were high on that underperformed week one and try and start to make those make those trades. Um it's, it's Kev talked about a little bit earlier. We're, it's going to take about four weeks. Normally, it takes about three or four weeks anyway in a, in a normal season. But this year especially, it's going to be about four weeks before we can really start looking at the defenses to, to like really target outside of like well, the Jets. Well, I actually uh, uh, TJ Hernandez for four for four. Shout out, that's my dude. He uh, does excellent work. He actually did some research on that. I think he said it's actually six games is when everything actually when the actual thing starts to normalize and you can actually start using the data. But you should only use it in six weeks chunks, right? So uh, you know you don't you know um, so week one to six and then two to seven whatever so on. So like you just always want to look at the last six weeks. Obviously we don't have that information right now. Have to wait. So by week six we should pr- have a pretty good understanding of who these teams are and what their tendencies are and who to target and how to target them. Awesome. I think it's going to do it for uh, for tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at 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 ff underscore authority i'll get this right sooner or later you can find kev on twitter at fantasy rat 13 you can find me on twitter if you would like to do such a thing at c kutzer ff robbie's always rocking with us he is one of two on the tfa dino show you can follow him on twitter at nfl robbie make sure you're tuning in to the youtube channel we're going to do that pregame show again on sunday that was a lot of fun i really enjoyed kicking it with you guys and answering all those questions they came in you know fast and furious and updating you guys with the news and everything the fantasyauthority.com although we're pushing the pushing the, the the youtube and the podcast and everything else we're still coming out with i mean what is it eight nine articles a week with everything from dfs to dynasty to redraft so we have you guys all covered there we're we're doing it all for you it's going to be year round we're hitting all the bases on that and if you are if you're wanting to jump into dfs content or you're not sure where to start you don't want to go after the, the Keelan Coles and the Dan Arnolds. Thrive Fantasy, check them out on the website or whatever app store that you're using. It is it is DFS, but with props. So you're you know looking at fantasy points, yards, catches, and you're building your lineup that way. You only have 20 options to pick from. You pick 10, and then you just you sit there and you wait and you watch. And it's only the only the guys that you know you are looking at and that you know anyway you're not having to do the you know although the the dfs degen nation pod is a wonderful resource for you if you do want to go the FanDuel DraftKings route if you're if you know if you hey a lot of us have a lot going on this is a crazy year as it is but thrive fantasy go there when you make your deposit 
use code TFA and you will get if, if you deposit 20 you get 20 back so make sure you guys do that rate review subscribe like smash all those buttons tell a friend tell a stranger tell an enemy I don't care how you do it just spread the love we hope you guys have a great week too and we will see you later we hope you enjoy your stay it's good to have you with us even if it's just for the day we hope you enjoy your stay outside the sun is shining seems like heaven ain't far away it's good to have You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.